0: everyone i hope you're all doing so well and welcome back to the criminal makeup podcast each episode we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history and today we are going to be talking about the case of sheila davaloo so sheila davaloo oh boy, this woman is on another level. Sheila was a very, very intelligent woman, a very successful woman, but she is also described as an incredibly dangerous woman. She has been called a love-obsessed psychopath. She is called calculating and she is manipulative to the extreme. Sheila was the type of person who wanted what she couldn't have and at one point in her life she got herself caught in a messy affair that soon turned into a love triangle. She felt rejected by the man she actually wanted and Sheila just didn't know how to handle this. She became obsessive, jealous, driven by greed, by anger. She wanted things her way and her way only. And this led to some absolutely tragic consequences. And this case, let me tell you, there are so many secrets, so many lies. So many twists and turns that you just don't see coming. This is the kind of case where you need to pay attention to this one because the messed up world of Sheila Davalou really is unbelievable. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. So let's dive in. Sheila Davalou was born on the 11th of May 1969, making her a Taurus. She was born in Charlottesville, Virginia, but when she was just two years old, she and her parents moved back to Iran, which is where her parents are from. And Sheila spent her whole of her childhood basically living in Iran until she was 16 years old and the family did move back to the US. Now it's said that she actually had a pretty great childhood. I know, when do we ever hear that? I mean obviously no childhood is perfect, but Sheila had a about as good as you can get it. Her parents were very high achievers. They were a very academically intelligent family. Her parents worked as scientific researchers and they were very well off, like financially. They were, they were pretty rich, you know? They lived in a really nice house in the suburb of Yorktown Heights in New York. And whenever I hear the word Yorktown, I just think of Hamilton. <laughs> I can't help it. Sheila attended private school. She was really intelligent. Like I've already said a million times already. She got really good grades. She wanted to follow in the footsteps of her parents and get a job in the medical field or the research field somewhere. And overall, like I said, her childhood was pretty good. But the only thing that Sheila really struggled with is that she grew up in a very, very strict household her parents were a part of the muslim faith i don't actually think sheila herself was religious but her parents were very very religious and because of her parents religious and cultural beliefs they did not want sheila dating at all all. She was flat out forbidden from socializing with other teenage boys. Now, there were other things as well that she was restricted from doing, but I think the fact that she wasn't allowed to date was the main source of tension, and this did cause a lot of tension in the household. Sheila would bicker and fight with her parents constantly. And it got so bad that at one point, Sheila actually tried to take an overdose on Tylenol just to prove a point to her parents. And Sheila felt a lot of pressure from her parents in numerous different ways. And we will definitely see the pressure from her parents and from her family crop back up later on in this case. So definitely take note of this. And there was another thing as well in Sheila's childhood that plays a pretty significant role in today's case. And that is that Sheila had a younger brother, and her younger brother suffered from pretty significant mental health issues. Now the information about Sheila's brother is not actually publicly known, like we don't even know his name. So the only things we know about her brother are what have come out of Sheila's mouth herself and Sheila claims that her brother, her younger brother, suffers from schizophrenia. And because of this he lived a very sheltered life. Her parents basically just hid him from the world. The only people that really ever interacted with her brother were the immediate family members in the household. And the fact that he was not allowed to socialize with anyone else is the significant part that comes back up later on in the case. And it comes back up in a very weird way that you probably won't be expecting. So by the time that Sheila gets to 18 years old, she heads off on her own. She actually attends college. She studies for a degree in biochemistry. By the time that Sheila gets to 21 years old, something significant happens. And that is that she gets married. Now, the man that she got married to, again, we don't really know much details about this. He was seven years her senior, and the relationship was a very strange one. They weren't even in a relationship, really. They were almost like roommates, but they got married. They didn't really have a romantic relationship. It was a very strange relationship. There was no connection, there was no bond, there was no love really there between them. They did move into an apartment together, but they just didn't really interact with each other. They didn't socialize, they didn't have anything in common. Now, Sheila has claimed that this marriage was an arranged marriage, but her parents deny this, and we don't know. It may have been, we just don't know. But the relationship between the two of them, it was strange. It was strange. It's like they don't even like each other. So why the hell have they gotten married? So she got married just before completing her undergrad degree. So then she graduates. And this is when she enrolls into grad school, which is the New York Medical College. And there's not really many significant things that happened to she there up until this point. Like I haven't really spoken about her school life or college for her undergrad degree. Now she's at grad school because literally nothing thing happens. She lives, from what I could tell, a pretty normal life, apart from this very weird marriage. But now she is 25 years old. She has been at grad school for about three years. And this is when she meets a man called Paul Christos. Now, Paul, bloody how Paul, um, Paul, I feel sorry for. I'm just going to put it out there right now. He is a very key character in today's story and Oh my God, what Sheila does to this man, you will not believe. So Paul was currently 27 when he met Sheila. So he was two years older. Now he was very similar to Sheila. He was very intelligent. He was a very, very high achiever. And up until this point, he had pretty much dedicated his life to his education, to getting his degree and, getting the dream career that he wanted. So because of this, he hadn't really had much of a social life. He hadn't really dated anyone. And they both met one day when they were both at a study group and they both hit it off. Paul just instantly fell for Sheila. Paul just liked how much they had in common with each other. They had very similar career goals. They were both very dedicated to their education. Sheila was a very friendly person, very outgoing. And I can't believe he said this because it's like, why would you describe someone like this? but Paul said that Sheila was a normal person. (laughs) It's just such a weird thing to say about somebody but if there is anything that Sheila is not and that is not normal. So after this first meeting they spent so much time together and before anybody knew it they were dating. Now have you possibly forgotten but Sheila is married? Uh Aha yeah I know Sheila is married. Paul at this point does not know about the marriage. So as the relationship between Sheila and Paul is progressing, Sheila starts saying all of these weird things to Paul. She keeps saying all of these cryptic little messages. She keeps saying, I've got a dark secret. I'm keeping something from you. I'm lying. If you knew about my secret, we'd break up. And she was just acting very shifty. And Paul was just like, what the hell is going on? Like, what the hell are you keeping from me? It can't be that bad. But Sheila never told Paul that she was married. She never revealed her secret. But then one day after one whole year of dating, Paul actually found out that Sheila was married. And that is because he received a phone call out of the blue from Sheila's husband. I know, can you believe it? Oh my god. Can you imagine dating somebody for a year. That is a long relationship. You are committed. You have fallen in love with this person. And then one day you wake up thinking it's a normal day and you get a phone call from their husband. Well, that is exactly what happened to Paul. The man on the other end of the phone, because obviously we don't know his name, just said, hi, um, I'm Sheila's husband. I think you're dating my wife. And this is how Paul found out that Sheila was married. Immediately after the phone call, Paul confronts Sheila and he says to her, if is this true? What the hell is going on? Is this your dark secret? And immediately Sheila breaks down. She starts crying and she admits everything. She's like, yes, it's all true. I'm married. She was apologizing profusely. She was saying, I'm so sorry. I'm stuck in this marriage. I can't get out of it. And Paul was just looking at her and he said, you could divorce him. And Sheila just replied and said, Oh no, I can't do that. My family would not allow that. I would be completely shunned and shamed. And Paul was just like, Well, okay, then if you're gonna stay married to your husband, that means we're over because I'm not being in a relationship with someone who is married. But Sheila was heartbroken and she said, No. Paul, I want to be with you. She realized that she was going to have to divorce her husband. If she wanted to stay with Paul, she was going to have to divorce her husband. And believe it or not, this is exactly what Sheila did. After approximately seeing Paul for a year, Sheila got a divorce from her husband. Now, this was not an easy divorce. She did get a lot of backlash from her family, which is something that she was worried about. And the relationship that she had with her family was definitely affected by this. Again, this is something to remember. This comes up again. So after her divorce, this is when Sheila enters into the next stage of her life. And that is her marriage to Paul. Even though Sheila had been keeping this secret from Paul, they did stay together. Paul decided to forgive Sheila. He kind of understood that she was in a difficult position and Ultimately, she had picked him, so he forgave her. And after six years of dating, Sheila is now 31 years old. The two of them get married. And following the wedding and the whole relationship really after the divorce is great. Their relationship is very strong. Their careers were also thriving as well. They were really progressing in their careers. Paul was working in the medical research field, aiming to develop cancer prevention methods. And Sheila had recently started working as a researcher for a company called purdue pharma and the couple were thriving they were essentially like this little power couple you would think that sheila would be satisfied wouldn't you she finally has everything she wants she has a really good job she is with the man that she wants to be with they are married she should be satisfied shouldn't she but she's not that is one thing that you should know about sheila is that she is never satisfied. Because after one year of marriage with Paul, she is about to enter into another affair. This time, the affair is with a man called Nelson Cesar. And can you believe she is about to do it all again? She's about to have an affair even though she's married. This is the thing with Sheila. It's like she likes the chase. She likes to have things that she can't have. But then once she has that thing that she can't have, once she has it, She's bored and she wants to move on. So I think this is a good place to actually talk a little bit more about Sheila and her personality because I haven't really had a chance to do it so far. So like I've said multiple times already, she is a very high achiever. She's very intelligent. She is really progressing in her career, which all sounds great. However, she did have a somewhat unsavory side and that was that she was extremely arrogant so even though she was a high achiever she was arrogant about it and she would rub it in people's faces she would look down on people that she saw as less intelligent she was also very cold calculating she wasn't a very easy person to talk to or be around and even before this case people were describing her as a psychopath. When it came to her career, she would do absolutely anything. And to be honest, when it came to all aspects of her life, she would do absolutely anything regardless of other people to get what she wants. She is a control freak in not a good way. She is obsessive. She is very, very jealous. And she is also a pathological liar, manipulator. And we haven't even scratched the surface on some of the lies that she tells. So anyway, back to her affair that she has just started with Nelson. So she first meets Nelson because he also works at Purdue Pharma, which is the same company that Sheila works for. And he is in the summer of 2001, which is approximately 12 months after her wedding to Paul that she enters into a relationship with Nelson. Nelson saw Sheila as very charismatic. She had this kind of energy around her that just made you want to be around her more. She was very charming, very outgoing. Again, I can't see Sheila being any of these things. It's just crazy. She must have been putting on some kind of act because Sheila is nothing like this. And Nelson was showing Sheila a lot of attention and Sheila was loving it. And Sheila also kind of liked Nelson as well. And this is when they started dating. Now she jumps straight into this affair with Nelson and it becomes very intense very quickly. They would see each other as often as they could. They were sleeping together and her husband, Paul, didn't know anything about this affair. And also Nelson is completely unaware that Sheila is married, so it really is deja vu. History is just repeating itself. So now we get to November 2001, and this is when Sheila's most elaborate lie begins. So remember earlier we spoke about Sheila's brother, and I told you he would pop back up. Wow now he pops back up. So remember I said that Sheila's brother was very sheltered and he wasn't allowed to socialize with members not in the immediate family and that lived in the household. So one day, Sheila goes to her husband, Paul, and tells him, my brother wants to come over and visit. Now to most people, this is a very normal request, nothing weird here. However, Sheila's brother still had not met Paul. Sheila's brother had not attended the wedding. Sheila's brother doesn't even know that Sheila is married, that she's seeing anyone. Because according to Sheila, because her brother has schizophrenia, it's a part of his schizophrenia that he is very sensitive to change. So if he meets new people or if there's any kind of change, significant change, change in his routine, he will have violent outbursts. And this is why Sheila and Sheila's family decided that it was best for her brother to not know about Paul. So when Sheila approached Paul about her brother initially Paul was like great like this is amazing I'm finally going to meet your brother. But Sheila said oh no mm -mm, no there is one catch and that is that you're not allowed to be here. Yeah I know Sheila is telling Paul I want my brother to visit but you are not allowed to be here and Paul just thinks this is really weird. Like, this is my home, and you want me to leave. Paul is very understanding. He understands her brother's struggles with his schizophrenia, and he doesn't want to make her brother's situation worse. And he also wants Sheila to see her brother because apparently, according to Sheila, they're pretty close. So Paul agrees. He agrees to leave the home when her brother comes over to visit. He's coming over to stay for the weekend. But Sheila then drops another bomb on Paul. She tells Paul, there must be no traces that you exist. You have to pack up All of your things, all of your clothes, all of your belongings, all of your toiletries out of the bathroom, everything that you own needs to be hidden or gone. There literally needs to be no trace that a man lives in this house because if her brother sees any traces of a man he will lose it and have one of his violent outbursts. So this is a hassle to Paul. Not only does he have to leave his own home, go stay in a hotel, now he has to pack up all of his belongings. Let that sink in. Imagine someone telling you that you had to move out of your house for a weekend but you also had to pack up everything that you own. I couldn't do it it's just absolutely crazy but paul is very understanding a bit too understanding in my opinion when it comes to sheila And he agrees, he agrees to go stay in a hotel and he agrees to pack up all of his belongings. I just really feel for Paul, I really do, because he's trying to be understanding, he's trying to be a good husband, but essentially Sheila is telling him that he has to pretend to not exist. But Sheila is a master manipulator and she guilt trips Paul into doing this because she says to Paul, I just really wanna see my brother and this is the only way that I can see him, please do this for me. But this didn't just happen, one time. Oh no. Mm -mm. Sheila's brother came to visit at least once a month, if not twice. Which meant that once a month or twice a month, Paul had to go and check in at a hotel for the weekend and pack up his belongings at least once a month. I am sorry, no, 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 no. That is ridiculous. And this goes on for months. And Paul thinks that it's getting absolutely ridiculous at this point that he's having to do this so often. In the beginning, he was very understanding because he wanted to be a good husband. But now he's having to pack up everything that he owns once or twice a month and pretend that he doesn't exist and go and stay in a hotel for the weekend just so she and his brother can visit. But oh my God, if Paul knew what the actual truth was. Because this whole story with Sheila's brother coming over to visit was lies, was not true at all. What Sheila was actually doing was having Nelson, her boyfriend, come over to stay at her house. I know, can you believe it? She is having her secret lover come and stay at the house whilst Paul is packing up all his belongings and going to stay in a hotel because he thinks he's doing the right thing by his wife. And remember that Nelson also doesn't know that Sheila is married, which is why Sheila was asking Paul to pack up all of his belongings because she didn't want her boyfriend, Nelson, to find out that she was married. Honestly, it's just hard to wrap your head around someone lying to that extent. So things carry on like this for a while. And we're talking about a pretty long time. We're talking like months and months here where Sheila is continuing on her affair with Nelson and her marriage to Paul is just slowly becoming more and more distant They're essentially growing apart. However, Sheila wasn't the only one keeping secrets because Nelson was also keeping a pretty big secret of his own. And Nelson's secret is that he was also in a pretty serious long-term relationship. So he was also cheating on his partner with Sheila, but Sheila didn't know this. It's like, what are the chances that both of them are in committed long-term relationships? They're both cheating in those relationships with each other, but they don't know about the other one. Oh my God, it's just so confusing. Nelson's long-term partner was a woman called Annalisa Raimundo, And Nelson had started dating Annalisa approximately about a year before he started dating Sheila. So the timelines are also very similar. Now, Annalisa is described as pretty much the exact opposite of Sheila. Everyone loved Annalisa. She was cheerful. She was friendly. She was one of those people that was just infectious. Like, you know, their energy and you just want to be around them. She was just one of those people that you wanted to be around. You wanted to be her friend. She was also really close to her family, especially her mom. She would speak to her mom on the phone at least twice a day. And she was just loved by so many. And she also worked at Purdue Pharma, which is where Nelson works, which is also where Sheila works. She was also an incredibly high achiever. She was Harvard educated and she had currently just left Purdue Pharma and she'd currently moved to the business world. She was thriving. She was getting promotion after promotion. She was really progressing very quickly in her career. And she was also in this very committed relationship with nelson at least she thought that it was a committed relationship clearly nelson didn't think the same in annalisa's mind she thought that they were heading in the direction of marriage they were very committed to one another and it was when annalisa left purdue farmer this is when nelson started to become close to sheila now it's not exactly clear how much Sheila and Annalisa knew of each other they obviously worked at the same company but that doesn't mean that you know everyone I mean Purdue Pharma from my understanding is a pretty big company you're not going to know everyone that works there and another difficulty in Annalisa and Nelson's relationship is that because Annalisa was now working for a different company that company was approximately about two hours away from Purdue Pharma so she did have to move so she's also trying to be in a somewhat long distance relationship which is obviously why Nelson found it easy to start a relationship with Sheila. But the situation with Anna is going to get so much worse. She is not just being cheated on, she is dragged into this crazy world of Sheila. So both Sheila and Nelson continue seeing each other, continue on with their affairs that the other one doesn't know about. But there is one twist that is about to happen and that is that Sheila finds out about Annalisa. Now, it's not exactly known how she found out, but when she found out, she was so heartbroken, but she felt betrayed and her obsessive, possessive, personality kicked in. She was distraught that Nelson was seeing somebody else. She thought that Nelson was her soulmate. And I just think, are you being serious? Oh my God, look in the goddamn mirror. It's like, how can you be heartbroken that the person you're seeing is cheating on you when you're also cheating on them? It's just also backwards. But Sheila uh, decides to keep the fact that she's found out about Annalisa to herself. She doesn't tell Nelson. Instead, she wants to find out everything that she can about Annalisa. Essentially, she wants to see what her competition is, what she's all about. So the first step is for Sheila to hack into Nelson's work phone voicemail. From Sheila hacking into Nelson's voicemails, she started to learn his calendar, his work calendar, what he had going on, where he was going to be, what meetings he had, where the meetings were. And because she was learning everything about Nelson and where he was going to be, she would start to coincidentally bump into him. So for example, if he had a meeting in a certain room on a certain floor at a certain time, Sheila would make sure that she was just walking down that exact hallway as Nelson was going into that meeting. So they would bump into each other and Sheila would say, oh, fancy seeing you here. There was even one time where Nelson was going on a business trip and he had to go on a plane. Sheila found out about this business trip. She found out what the details were of his flight and she booked a seat next to him on the plane. So Nelson is just sat on the plane And Sheila turns up and sits next to him. And she's like, oh, this is a weird little coincidence. And as far as I'm aware, Nelson wasn't suspicious about all of these coincidental meetings. Sheila just wanted to make sure that she was always around. She was always there. So Nelson was always thinking about her. That in the end, Nelson would pick Sheila over Annalisa because Sheila was always around. So Sheila is pretty much full-on stalking Nelson at this point. Sheila would also follow Nelson home. She would sit outside of his house. She also found out where Annalisa lived. She would sit outside Annalisa's house. And at this point, Nelson had started to... He wasn't suspicious of Sheila but he did think that her behavior was slightly weird. Nelson just thought that she was becoming a little bit obsessive about things and he didn't really want to be around that. So Nelson and Sheila's relationship at this point had kind of cooled off a bit but as you can imagine Sheila did not take this well at all because in Sheila's mind this was essentially Nelson picking Annalisa. I am really sorry if this story is confusing. I realize that it Probably is and it is about to get so much more confusing so I do apologize in advance because there is another couple that is about to enter this story and that couple's name is Melissa and Jack. So one evening, Sheila is just sat at home with her husband, Paul. This was a rarity. She was finally spending some time with her own husband. And she says to Paul that there's some workplace drama going on. And would he like to hear about it? And at this point, Paul and Sheila barely spoke about anything. So Paul was just like, yeah, yeah, let's have a conversation, please. And the drama that was going on in the workplace was that there was a love triangle. Now the people involved in this love triangle were Melissa who was a really good friend to Sheila and then Jack who Melissa was seeing but then Jack was also seeing another woman and that woman's name was Anna Lisa. Mm-hmm. Are you clocking on to what is going on? So Sheila starts telling Paul about this love triangle that is going on at work between Melissa, Jack and annalisa and sheila was telling paul that her friend melissa was really upset and she didn't know what to do because melissa really wants to be with jack melissa is in love with jack but melissa isn't sure about what jack wants does jack want melissa or does jack want annalisa and sheila was asking her husband paul what does he think what is his advice for melissa now i'm not sure if you have clocked on to what is going on but this is fake this whole story is fake there is no melissa there is no jack these were just fake names because what is actually happening here is sheila is talking about her own love triangle with nelson and annalisa and she's talking about that With her husband, Paul, Melissa is actually Sheila, Jack is actually Nelson, and Annalisa is obviously Annalisa. I can't even wrap my head around this. She is talking to her husband about her affair, just using fake names. And Sheila is asking her own husband what she should do about the affair that she's having. She's just using fake names. It's honestly... Hard to even wrap your head around. These lies are on another level. And she didn't just do this once. She would talk to Paul about this love triangle at work every single day every moment that she could, she would talk to Paul about this love triangle, asking him for his advice. What should Melissa do? She would ask Paul, what do you think Jack is thinking? Do you think that Jack likes Annalisa? Or do you think Jack likes Melissa? And Sheila would go into graphic detail about the sex life between Melissa and Jack, which was her own sex life with Nelson. And I just don't know how she could talk about her sex life from an affair to her husband. I just don't know how she could do that. She would say how obsessed Melissa was with Jack, how in love Melissa was with Jack. And I just think it's crazy that Paul was sat there listening about his wife's affair, but he didn't know it. And Paul would participate in these conversations. He would try to help out as much as he could. He would try and give Sheila advice to pass to her friend, Melissa. And Paul just seems so naive, doesn't he? He seems so trusting of Sheila. Hopefully that wasn't too confusing because that was a very confusing part of the case. When I started researching, I was like, who the hell is Melissa and Jack? It actually took me a couple of seconds to realise that Melissa and Jack were not real it was actually Sheila and Nelson. So now we get to fall of 2002, and this is approximately a year since Nelson and Sheila first started dating. And Sheila is still continuously stalking Nelson. However, the more she stalks Nelson, the more she realizes how much time Nelson is spending with Annalisa. And Sheila starts to think that Nelson wants Annalisa more than her, which is completely true. Nelson did want Annalisa. Nelson, at this point, was completely sick and tired of Sheila. She had become so possessive and obsessive, and she was just really weird. And in all of this, I actually just feel sorry for Annalisa, because she also deserves better. Because let's be realistic, Nelson is not exactly treating her very nice. But in the fall of 2002, Nelson had decided that he wanted to commit to Annalisa. That was his future, not Sheila. So he decided to break things off with Sheila, which as you can imagine did not go down well. And Sheila was absolutely devastated. She could not imagine a world without Nelson. And her obsession with Nelson went into overdrive at this point. Sheila started to lose grip of reality. She didn't know what to do. She wanted Nelson more than anything else. She wanted to have him, and she decided that she would do everything in her power to get him. And unfortunately, this is the part of the case where Annalisa now gets dragged into the twisted reality of Sheila. Because this is when Sheila started to make her plans of exactly how she was going to win Nelson back. And she thought to herself that Annalisa is standing in my way. And this is when she decided that she would have to murder Annalisa. On the 8th of November, 2002, Annalisa woke up in her luxury condo with her boyfriend, Nelson Sesler. Now, this was a Friday and Annalisa always worked from home on a Friday. So, Nelson headed off to work at approximately 8 a.m., leaving Anna in the condo alone. Now, this just seemed like any normal day. Any other day, nothing weird, suspicious was happening at all. However, this would not be any normal day. Later on that morning, Annalisa received a knock at the door and when she went to answer the door, Sheila was standing on the other side. Now we don't actually know what Sheila said to Anna at this point, but somehow Sheila managed to force her way into Anna's home. She also pulled out a knife and this is when she launched her vicious attack on Annalisa. Sheila started to try and stab Anna anywhere that she could in her face, chest, neck. It was a very frenzied attack, but Anna put up a fight. And this was a fight. Anna was not about to go down. The two of them are practically wrestling through this apartment. Belonging's furniture were being smashed, knocked over. Anna suffered multiple defense wounds to her hands. And at one point, Anna even managed to injure Sheila with her own knife. But then Sheila managed Managed to get her hands on some dumbbells that were just on the floor in Anna's apartment, and she picked one up and repeatedly started smashing it over Annalisa's head. And tragically, in the end, Sheila managed to overpower Annalisa. She suffered severe blunt force trauma to the head. She was also stabbed Nine times. These stab wounds were in the face, neck, and chest. And tragically, Annalisa lost her life to these injuries. And it's just so sad that Annalisa got dragged into this. Anna was completely. Innocent, why couldn't Sheila just leave her alone? You know, just leave her alone. Annalisa has done absolutely nothing, but the warpath of Sheila Davalou is not over yet. We are far from that. So, after Sheila murdered Annalisa, she only had one thing on her mind, and that was how to get away with it. Sheila did everything that she could to cover her tracks. She had worn gloves throughout the attack. She also had her hair in a hairnet, and she managed to not leave any evidence at the scene. But she still wanted to cover her tracks even more. So she fled the murder scene and she went to a phone booth and dialed 911, which to me is the exact opposite thing of what you want to do if you want to get away with a crime. But Sheila wanted to try and get ahead of the investigation, try and steer the police in the wrong direction. Yes, hello. I think the guy is... Is it attacked my neighbor? You think someone attacked your neighbor? Yes, yes. I heard yelling. I heard yelling. What are you going to know yet? Hello? So Sheila, phoning up 911, pretended to be a concerned citizen about one of her neighbors, Annalisa. And she saw her quote, neighbor being attacked by a man. And then she saw this man flee the scene. And you can hear. In Sheila's voice, I think she is kind of putting on a voice slightly to alter the way she sounds. But you can hear that she is trying to act scared and panicked. You can hear that it's almost fake. But Sheila wanted to get ahead of the investigation and try and make the police think that it was a man that attacked Annalisa. So no one would be looking for a woman i.e. Sheila. And I honestly don't know why she did this. Like I said, I feel like if you want to get away with the crime, the last thing that you want to do is phone 911. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's crazy when you think about it because she phoned in the murder that she has just committed. Not many people do that. So after this fake nine one one call, Sheila just leaves the phone booth and returns back to work. And not long after, the police do arrive at Annalisa's home, and they come across a horror scene. The condo is a complete mess. Like I said, furniture was being broken, knocked over. The police could tell that this was a frenzied attack. One of the officers at the scene even said. This person that killed Annalisa, you can tell that they hated her. This was a very violent attack. This was a targeted attack. But there was no evidence at the scene. There was no physical evidence of the perpetrator. And whilst the police are still processing the scene, there is a knock at the door and it's Nelson. And now the police have to break it to Nelson. The absolute tragic news that his long-term girlfriend has just been murdered. But when they tell Nelson about the murder, he just seemed unbothered. And the police were immediately suspicious of Nelson because it's like, why was he so unbothered? He didn't ask any questions. He didn't ask how she died, what had happened, what were her injuries. He didn't ask a single question, but it gets worse because after he was told about Annalise's murder, What does he go and do? He takes a nap. He took a bloody nap. He took a nap. Who the hell takes a nap after they've just found out that their partner has been murdered? And I try not to judge people's behavior after they found out tragic news because everyone is different. Everyone processes things differently. But I'm sorry, you took a nap? Who decides to take a nap who? I'm sorry, but it looks suspicious, doesn't it? And immediately Nelson becomes the prime suspect. So the police take him down to the police station and they're grilling him. They're essentially interrogating him. The police ask Nelson about previous girlfriends or current girlfriends. And Nelson does not tell the police about Sheila. He claims that he was too ashamed to admit that he was having an affair with Sheila, which is why he didn't mention her. So he withholds this crucial information because if he had just come clean about his affair, the police would know about Sheila. They would find out that she was the one that did this. The police also realized that Nelson has a rock rock solid alibi because he was at work the whole time that the murder took place and therefore nelson was no longer a suspect and because nelson didn't mention sheila the police don't have any leads in the case they don't know who murdered Annalisa, and so far sheila has now gotten away with Annalisa's murder now i do want to stress this as far as i'm aware Nelson wasn't involved in the murder. I really don't think he was, but his behavior after the murder is definitely questionable, especially because we've just found out that he wants to commit to Annalisa. He has chosen Annalisa and he's broken things off with Sheila, but he just doesn't seem upset at all. What's that all about? But things are not over yet. Far from it, actually, because Sheila actually has one more victim in mind. She moves on to the next phase of her evil plan, and that is winning Nelson back. Sheila immediately started throwing herself at Nelson, being the shoulder to cry on, comforting him, being there for him, doing whatever he wanted. And before you know it, Sheila and Nelson are back together. He seems really heartbroken, doesn't he, Nelson? And even though Nelson and Sheila are back together, apparently Nelson doesn't suspect a thing. It's like Nelson knows what Sheila is like. How did it not go through his brain at least once? Maybe Sheila had something to do with the murder of Annalisa. So Sheila is once again sneaking behind Paul's back because remember, she's still married. And it wasn't long until Sheila told Paul that her brother would be coming over to stay again at the weekend, which meant that Paul had to pack up all of his belongings and go and stay in a hotel. And things go on like this for four months. Uh Aha, four months this is going on where Nelson and Sheila are back seeing each other and Nelson is visiting Sheila's house and Paul is at the hotel. So this has been happening now for approximately two years where Sheila's brother comes to stay at the house and Paul has to pack up all of his belongings and go and stay in our hotel. And after two years of doing that, Paul was fed up. He was like, no, I'm not doing it anymore. I am not doing it anymore. If your brother doesn't want to meet me or you don't want me to meet your brother, well, fine, whatever, screw it. I'm not moving out of my house again, which means that your brother won't be able to visit anymore. And I'm surprised it took him two years, like seriously. And this is when Sheila starts to form the next stage of her plan because as soon as Paul said to her, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm not moving out into a hotel, Sheila starts to think to herself, well, I can't have this. I want Nelson i want to be with nelson and i want nelson in my home which means that paul has to go now sheila weighs up her options she thinks okay, I could divorce Paul, but she quickly scratches that idea and she's like, no, I cannot get divorced again. She just couldn't face getting divorced again because of her family. Her family would really judge her and shame her and shun her again. Believe it or not, Sheila decided that the only way to still be with Nelson was to murder her husband, Paul. She believes that because she has gotten away with the first murder, that maybe she would be able to get away with it again. Which I don't know why she thought that because if her husband shows up dead somewhere, she is going to be prime suspect number one because they always look at the partner. So Sheena came up with this very elaborate plan of how she was going to murder Paul and get away with it because she wanted to make it look like an accident. And the plan that she came up with is just so bizarre. It's actually what makes this case pretty infamous. So on the 20th, 23rd of March, 2003. This is five months after the murder of Annalisa. So, so far, she's getting away with it. No one has even suspected her of this murder. So, on this day, she approaches her husband, Paul, and she says, Paul, I want to play this game with you. She said that she'd heard about this game at work, and it involves being tied up and blindfolded. And Paul was, like, really taken aback. He was like you want to play a game with me? You barely want to talk to me and now you want to play a game? But Paul was willing to do anything, to be honest. He really wanted to improve their relationship and he was willing to do this. It's like he was not going to turn down this opportunity. Paul asks, like, how do we play this game? So Sheila says, All you have to do is you are tied up, you are blindfolded, and then the other person gets random objects from the house and places it on different parts of your body. And then the person that is blindfolded has to try and guess what that object is. Now, Sheila was stressing like, this is nothing sexual. It's not a sexual game or whatever. Kind of sounds like it. So Paul agrees to play this game and Sheila agrees to be blindfolded first. So this is what happens. Sheila is blindfolded. She is tied up and then Paul gets random objects from around the house and kind of like places them on her body in different places. Now the kind of objects that he was getting were like little ornaments. They had like a small dog ornament and he got that and kind of placed it on her somewhere. To be honest, I can't really even picture what this game would even look like. He got a camera and put it on her. I don't even know how you were meant to guess these things. And Sheila apparently couldn't. She couldn't guess anything that Paul put on her. So Sheila was getting a little bit fed up and she said, okay, okay, let's switch. I'll blindfold you, tie you up, and then I'll place things on you. You have to guess them. Now, Paul was actually pretty good at this game. He actually managed to guess everything that Sheila put on him. And Sheila was like, oh, you're pretty good at this. Let's see how you do with this last item that I have for you. Now, at this point, Sheila straddled. Paul and I assume Paul's mind is probably going to, ah, it is kind of sexual. And then Sheila says, let's see if you can guess this one. And then a split second after, Paul felt this massive blow to his chest. He has said that it felt like someone dropped a 20 pound weight on his chest. A couple of seconds pass. And there is another massive blow to his chest. Paul has absolutely no idea what is going on because he is tied up. He is blindfolded. His senses are numbed. He really just doesn't know what is going on. He almost feels like he's being punched. He's starting to sweat profusely. He's starting to struggle to breathe. And he starts to go into a complete state of panic. But his wife wasn't panicking at all. Sheila was very very calm. This had been Sheila's plan all along because when she straddled Paul she had a knife in her hand and Sheila drove that knife through Paul's chest twice. Sheila's intentions from the very beginning of this fun little game that they were playing was to accidentally murder her husband. So even though she has stabbed her husband twice, he is still alive and he is still conscious. He starts shouting and screaming, Sheila, what is going on? untie me take my blindfold off and sheila had to bring out her best actress routine and she was like oh my god oh my god you're bleeding everywhere oh my god i'm so sorry it was an accident oh no what the hell is going on paul is shouting at her uncuff me uncuff me and sheila is like oh i don't know where the key is even though she has the key. So, Paul is just there, tied up, blindfold on. He's bleeding profusely. He still doesn't know that he's been stabbed, I just want to point out. But he is shouting, Call an ambulance. I need an ambulance. Call an ambulance. His blindfold has come off at this point, and Paul watches Sheila take out her phone call 911. And she is saying down the phone, my husband is bleeding. We were playing a game. It was an accident. I don't know what's going on. Please hurry. Paul was literally watching his wife make this phone call, but she wasn't on the phone to anyone. (laughs) She had just Pretended to call 911 because at this point Sheila couldn't bring herself to attack her husband again and actually actively murder him, so she was just hoping that he would bleed out, that he would die from his injuries. And unbelievably, I can't believe I'm saying this, Sheila leaves the room to make another phone call. And who does she phone? She phones Nelson. She phones Nelson and says to him, do you want to come over to my house tonight? It's like, really? You have just stabbed your husband twice. You are planning to kill him clearly, clean up the crime scene, get rid of his body and have your boyfriend over. So Paul is still conscious and he is saying to Sheila, like, where is the ambulance? I need to get to hospital right now. And Sheila is just saying, oh, it's delayed. I don't know, to which Paul then demands that Sheila drive him to the hospital, which she did, but she took her sweet ass time getting out of that house. She slowly put on her jacket, she slowly put on her shoes, all the way to the hospital she was taking wrong turns, she was going the long way, Hoping and praying that Paul would bleed out and die in the car of his injuries, Paul is just lying across the back seat in the car, and he is shouting at his wife, Sheila, "What the hell are you doing? Get me to the hospital!" So Sheila eventually makes it to the hospital, and Paul is still alive and he is still conscious. Now Sheila is in two minds at this point. She doesn't want to take Paul inside. She doesn't want him to survive. She wants him dead. She wants Him out of the way so she can be with Nelson. So when Sheila pulls up to the hospital, she doesn't go to the main entrance to the ER or anything like that. She actually pulls round to the back of the hospital at the back of the car park. She gets out of the car. She still has her knife. She opens the back door and stabs Paul in the chest. Again. At this moment, the penny finally dropped for Paul. He then realized in that moment that his wife was trying to murder him. And I don't know how, but he managed to gather the strength to fight her off. And I really don't know how he did this, because he has been stabbed three times in the chest. And as they were both struggling and fighting, they were both struggling for the knife, Paul manages to knock the knife out of Sheila's hand. And thankfully, there were some hospital staff that were clearly on a break at the back of the hospital. They saw the fight, they saw what was going on, and they immediately rushed over. At this exact moment, Sheila fled the scene, and Paul was rushed to ER. He actually had to have over heart surgery because the knife had actually made contact with his heart and amazingly in the end Paul survived this attack. Thankfully, Sheila's plan to murder her husband had failed. So now you might be thinking, okay, where the hell did Sheila run to? Is she going to get away with this? When will she be stopped? Well, thankfully, we are finally getting to the downfall of Sheila Davalu. It wasn't too long after Sheila fled the scene that hospital staff spotted her. She was tracked down by police, arrested, and taken in for questioning. At this point as well, Sheila didn't know if Paul was still alive or not and the police decided to play on that. The police knew that Paul was going to make a recovery but they didn't tell Sheila that. The police actually told Sheila that Paul was going to die, so she better talk and tell them what had happened. So Sheila, because she thinks that Paul is going to die, she realizes, well, Paul won't be able to tell his side of the story. So Sheila starts telling the police a load of lies. We're just playing the game. He came and he said he was hurt, and he laid on on the floor, and he's like, can you look at it to see if it's bleeding? -hmm. Mm -hmm and i i get nauseous when i look at work it wasn't intentional it was not intentional the truth is that we were playing you got out of here she really does think at this point that she is going to get away with murder again but she was wrong because the police Had Paul's side of the story. They knew what had happened. Sheila's story was contradicting everything in Paul's story. So Sheila was getting caught in a web of lies. So the detectives decided to drop the bomb on her that Paul was actually alive. And you can almost see the panic in her face. In that moment, there is sheer panic and she immediately changes her story. She tries to backtrack, but it's too late. She has already been caught in too many lies. So Sheila is arrested and charged for the attempted murder of her husband Paul. But it wasn't over yet because police at this point still didn't know that Sheila had murdered Annalisa. So because the police are investigating Sheila, they go through her phone and they see that she has made so many calls to a man called Nelson. So the police are like, okay, we need to talk to this Nelson. We need to see what his possible involvement is. So the police turn up at Nelson's home and Nelson, seeing the police, say to the police, oh are you here to to talk about the murder of annalisa and the police that are at nelson's door are just like annalisa what the hell are you talking about and the penny finally drops for the police because this is when they finally realize the connection between Annalisa and Sheila Davalou, And now they finally have someone that has motive to murder Annalisa. So the investigation into Annalisa's murder continues. And in February of 2004, Sheila went to trial for the attempted murder of her husband, which she was found guilty and sentenced to 25 years. But unbelievably, the investigation into Annalisa's murder took another Five years to build the case against sheila and i really don't understand why it took them so long but after years of combing through all of the evidence they had they finally made a breakthrough when a speck of blood from the crime scene actually contained the dna of sheila davalu and after they found that dna evidence they had enough to finally charge sheila with the murder of annalisa which was in two 2008. It then took another four years to go to trial. Sometimes it is painful how slowly things move. And at the trial, Sheila decided to represent herself, which is never a good idea. But this meant that Sheila had to question Nelson and Paul on the stand. Obviously stated that when I lunged at you, I looked distressed. I had a distressed look on my face. Correct. Correct. And You have uh, previously stated that I looked kind of crazy at that time? Crazy, angry, correct. Uh, Good afternoon, Mr. Sessler. You had uh, lied to the police? Yes, I wasn't forthcoming to the police. And what was the nature of that lie? I hadn't told them that uh, you had been my girlfriend in the past and we had a relationship. We had a summer fling, summer fling over a year before Miss Raimundo was killed. It's actually so bizarre watching her represent herself because there is some footage of it. And what was possibly, in the jury's eyes, the most damning piece of evidence was the 911 call that Sheila made after she murdered Annalisa. Because the jury had to sit through this trial where Sheila represented herself, which meant that Sheila spoke a lot, a lot more than a defendant would speak in a trial. And because the jury had heard Sheila's voice so many times, as soon as they heard the recording of that 911 call, they knew that that voice belonged to Sheila, which is just really ironic because there have been speculations that if Sheila didn't represent herself, the jury may not have actually found her guilty, but it was because they'd heard her voice so much found her guilty because they recognized her voice on the 911 call. Now I like to think that they probably would have found her guilty anyway because there was a lot of evidence, but I just feel like that is really funny and that is really ironic. So the jury found her guilty of the murder of Annalisa and she was given an extra 50 years on top of the current 25 years she's serving for the attempted murder of Paul. Following the trial, Sheila has continued to plead her innocence. She even did a documentary with Piers Morgan, which I highly recommend you all watch because it is so creepy watching her talk. She is so cold and calculating. And she does behavior in that documentary is just really uncomfortable. It really is. She actually kind of reminded me of a politician, the way she was answering questions. You know how politicians, they already have their answer in mind and they don't ever actually answer the question that has been asked of them. That is what she was like. But in the end, all of Sheila's appeals have failed. All of her media, TV appearances have not helped at all. And she is still set to serve the 75 years. And she is eligible for parole, but I can't remember the exact age that she is going to be when she is eligible for parole, but I think it's past 100, so she's probably never gonna get out of prison. And that brings us to the end of today's episode on Sheila Davalou. There are no updates on this case, so thank you so much everyone for listening today. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Maker. And if you enjoyed the show, it would really mean a lot if you could leave a five-star review. In the meantime, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Boom Studios, and I'll see you all in the next one.